Why do we work hard to solve small problems? Why do we reinvent ourselves and our clients over and over? And why are we giving away marketing strategy for free? It's time to bring home bigger paychecks. It's time to create the lifestyle we deserve and to make a greater impact. This is the Fractional CMO Show, and I'm Casey Stanton. Join me as we explore this growing industry and learn to solve bigger problems. Hey, welcome back. It's Casey here, and I'm joined with John McMonagle. John is our Director of Enrollment here at CMOX, and he also communicates with all the companies that are looking to hire our fractional CMOs. John is based in London, England, has a wonderful accent, and has been with us for uh, just about three years. So I'm excited for us today to dive in to kind of seeing how the landscape is changing for all these companies that are looking to hire fractional CMOs, and then also how you as a marketer or an agency owner can position yourself as a fractional CMO so that you can win more business. So with that, John, what's up, man? It's going very well. How are you? Hey, man. Great. Excited uh, Excited that you're on. Um, so just here's the first question, kind of open-ended for you. Mm-hmm. You've been with me almost three years now, and kind of like for the, like the last two years, you've been on the front end taking a lot of these calls uh, with companies that are looking to hire fractional CMOs. And mm-hmm. what have you noticed has changed in the landscape? How how would you evaluate it? Uh, yeah, so I would say that the range of, of companies now that are looking for fractional CMOs is a lot broader than it used to be. Um. Yeah, back in obviously 2020, we saw that huge shift in demand for fractional CMOs. But at that time, the majority of, of business owners looking for a fractional CMO would be, you know, B2B SaaS, or which is which is really where I think the fractional CMO first found its footing, right? It was B2B SaaS um, and private equity companies like that. But then over the last couple of years, we're just seeing a huge shift where, you know, Businesses that have been around for 20 or 30 years um, in um, pest control or something like that have, have also started to realize the value of a, a fractional leadership. Okay, this yeah, let, let me stop you there because I think, I think you're onto something that's pretty interesting. So um, oftentimes uh, in the private equity space, this is something that I've learned kind of recently, is that in PE, there are there are analysts that are just like looking tirelessly to figure out what the investment thesis should be for a private equity group. They're saying, oh, our belief is that self-driving cars are going to be um, ubiquitous at some point in the future. And because of that, we're going to rely on more batteries. And because of that, we're going to rely more on this mineral or this uh, metal. And it's only mined in this part of the world. And there's this underdeveloped land. And as a private equity group, our thesis is that if we go and stake a claim on that land and we get miners on it, we're going to be able to produce a very in-demand element in the next you know, five years and it will last for 25 years. And as a result, every dollar we put into that mining process will turn $3 in profit. That's kind of what they're predicting. And I think that like the reason I bring that up is because the private equity groups are paying someone to think about the future. They're the ones that are thinking about you know, in the U.S., I think we're going through a bit of a housing crisis where we're seeing private equity buy a lot of single-family homes, and now families can't buy homes; they have to rent them, and then that becomes a you know recurring billing that that private equity groups by having that asset. Private equity is thinking through all of this stuff. So what you're saying is that they led the charge in identifying that a fractional CMO was one useful, mm-hmm. right? And then yeah. two, they wanted to staff 
their organizations with them, likely because mm-hmm. they could then roll up simple numbers to the private equity group, or sorry, um, like a clarified numbers to the private equity group, and they could you know act as that CMO without having the full time you know uh, salary of a CMO. Does that sound right? Yeah, exactly, and also. Private equity groups, once they have a fractional CMO and then they like that person, you know, that they're going to introduce them to all their different adventures going forward. Right? They, once they find someone, they, they seem to be quite loyal as long as that person gets results. So it's, um, it's a great opportunity for both parties. Yeah, that makes sense. So these private equity groups leading the charge, kind of leading the way. Uh, because they have maybe full-time analysts that kind of thought through the business model and they see what's happening in the landscape. Uh, I agree with that. And now there's there's almost a... The, the fractional CMOs a few years ago, there's like kind of no one looking online for them. If you look back mm-hmm. at Google's keyword tool inside of Google Ads, see that searches by volume were, I don't know, 20, 30% what they are now. Mm-hmm. So there's been this big growth Um what are some examples of companies that you've talked to recently that maybe were a surprise to you that were looking for a fractional CMO? Uh, yeah. So, you know, as I alluded to earlier, there's the companies that have been around for 20 years, that are multi-location home service companies. Um, and then another one is, you know, I've seen multi-billion dollar international corporations look for fractional CMOs more in a regional lens, right? So how you would perhaps have, um, you know, VP North America for an international corporation. Uh, they're looking to a fractional CMOs for those divisions as well. Um, and so it's, yeah, but I, th- I think that the thing for me really is these, these businesses that are seven figures, eight figures, but a bit around for 10 years or so. And, um, and they, they used to think that a CMO was inaccessible, right? But but now because of that that fractional relationship, and also they also have that control, that ability to throttle the relationship, right? If they need them for mm. three hours or ten, that that power is 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 very attractive to these business owners. That's great, man. That's great. One of the one of the lines I heard about um, fractional CMOs for private equity is that they change the math. Mm. Private equity kind of has this belief which is true, right? If you go buy, let's say, a dental practice, and let's say you buy one and it's a million dollar a year dental practice, and then you buy another one and another one, and they're all a million dollars a year, and maybe you increase it with some operational efficiency and stuff. Generally speaking, those three $1 million a year practices together might be worth four or five million because it's a bigger asset, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the traditional way that PE works. They roll up low uh, middle market um, companies and the value of that portfolio is larger than those individual companies kind of separated. So mm-hmm. that's that's cool. But then marketing changes the math. Mm-hmm. I worked with a dental practice um, a few years ago and they would go out and do some acquisition and we were able through almost kind of like a franchise style marketing approach, generate a really big upside on those uh on the marketing dollars spent. So we were able to increase those practices 20, 30, 50% in the first year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I think private equity 
private equity is a great place to be because um, there's also money there. But beyond that, um, I think these other businesses coming online and, and looking for fractional CMOs, I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm. So you're seeing these companies that are looking for fractional CMOs. Um, what are you seeing from the marketers who are uh, like, oh, what is the the positioning that you think is really strong for marketers who want to be fractional CMOs to really capture the attention of these companies? Yeah, so um, so a lot of these marketers are, are understanding. Oh, they're, they're really just matching the demand, right? Um, and this that that demand comes from you know things like the Great Resignation and, and remote working, and so this this positioning. One is that flexibility, right? As I said before, with the the ability of the business owner to, you know, say if I only need you for three, or the marketer says you need me for three, you can get that for three hours. Uh, but in terms of the actual value that the fractional CMO provides, uh, that positioning, I think of it as one step further in than a consultant or or an agency owner. Right? With a fractional CMO, you 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 tend to stick around with these clients, right? You tend to you tend to become part of the furniture because you look more like an employee. Um, and so as that value proposition should really be is that you're this structural solution. Um, I always say that a marketing consultant will come in to solve a marketing problem, whereas a fractional CMO will come in to solve a structural problem. And that's, oh, that, that's so good. That's so good. Say that again. So a marketing consultant will come in to solve a, a marketing problem. Uh, whereas a fractional CMO will come in to solve a structural problem. Mm-hmm. It just happens to pertain to marketing. Right? Absolutely. And, and and what that is, is these businesses that are, um, you know, the CEO or the founder or the owner um, will, will become the default head of the marketing department. And they'll be managing a 22-year-old in-house marketer or they'll be holding an SEO agency to account, and they don't really know what a good result is. So it's this whole idea of devolving that marketing responsibility to someone who knows more than you about marketing, can understand what a good result is, and and, ha- and has that experience, but also takes that, you know, load off your plate. Right? And it just takes that, um, takes it away from the CEO. Uh, so they can focus on other things. Um, and again, it's that ability to throttle the level of engagement, which means it's it's so flexible, which is which also is why it's so valuable. Yeah, that's well said. I think that um, one thing that some folks think when they become a fractional CMO is that they're just going to be doing marketing stuff. And I think you hit the nail on the head here. A lot of the work of a fractional CMO is to be a CMO, which is to sit in a C-suite title. And C-suites aren't necessarily only doing strategy, they're also doing leadership. And leadership may mean, as the fractional CMO, you may join a company you know, as their fractional CMO, and people may not be taking uh, vacation, despite it being in their employment contract, because they know if they take vacation that the whole department crumbles, mm-hmm. or everything is too reliant on someone. Um, another thing is that people are doing way too many things. We call it marketing bingo. Inside of a company, they're doing every type of marketing campaign. They're doing podcasts and webinars and newsletters and content marketing and social media and on and on and on and on, but they're not doing anything well. 
And as you get in as the fractional CMO and roll up your sleeves, you realize, yeah, they're doing ads, but they're not doing remarketing. They're only spending $10 a day on traffic. And it's a broad campaign on Google ads, you know, on, on Google search, mm-hmm. something like that. It's like ineffective what they're already doing. And it's your job to go in there and lead. And in many ways, make them do less and make that less be more impactful. So mm-hmm. the leadership is, is it's right up there with like being a great marketer is important, but a great marketer alone who can't lead uh, is going to struggle to be a fractional CMO. Yeah. Yeah. I find, I find that leadership component to be so interesting because um, oftentimes it's those that are the, that are solid marketers that have really been through it, seen a lot of stuff that are really good at strategy and they have a, a bit of a blind spot on the leadership side. They're afraid of leading. They're afraid of um, uh, pushing people to hit certain outcomes in certain times. Uh, they feel like they have to uh, play you know, nice cop, good cop all the time. I don't really think the dynamic of good cop, bad cop is even helpful. I think really what, what businesses need, what marketing departments need, what full-time employees need that are showing up to work every day wanting to make a difference is, they need a leader who helps them figure out the right thing to do and then gives them the tools and the responsibility to do the right thing on time and hit an outcome. And if you can do that kind of stuff, or if you're interested in that and just need to be coached just a little bit so you can be better at leadership, um, you might you might have what it takes to be a fractional CMO. So, John, I want to ask you, where do you see, and I didn't ask you this question in, in our prep before this, so I really just want like your honest answer. Where do you see the industry go? Where do you see fractional CMOs go in the next few years? I think um, I think we'll, we'll see a continuation of what we've seen in the last two years, um, because naturally, though these things that you know, there are still people who are hearing the term fractional CMO or fractional CTO. Uh, and and then it resonates with them, you know, something clicks. And so that's going to continue to grow. Okay. I don't think we're at that stage of everyone knows about the fractional offering yet. Um, I think it's going to generally tie in with this more flexible workforce, right? So fractional CMOs are really fractional work in general. These businesses don't really have a choice, right? Because the 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 workforce are already demanding things like hybrid working, or with you as you saw with the great resignation, executive leadership are already saying that 60, 70 hours a week in office, 20 hours a week in traffic is just not acceptable anymore. So I, I think that the, the fractional CMO, the role is just matching a shift that is inevitably happening. Yeah, that makes sense. I I think you're right to that too. Hey, it feels like there's so many pressures happening at the same time. Um, Do you think that someone could become a fractional CMO and be a fractional CMO kind of till they're dead? A hundred percent. Yeah. Why do you think that? Because the fractional CMO's value just comes from 
having an understanding of marketing and being able to leverage marketing to match business objectives. So regard that will always be valuable 50 years from now. The tactics will change, but the fractionally the fractional CMO's value proposition will, will is is constant. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I don't think there's I can't envision a time in the future where marketing gets easier. And could you imagine how much easier marketing was in, in the heyday of Claude Hopkins or Gary Halbert? Where you didn't actually have to report on what the cost per impression was or something like that. Yeah, right, right. Where where there was like only a couple choices of where to advertise. I mean, back back when I first got into marketing, this is like 2004, um, uh, I'm from a small town in northern Michigan, and we have a college there. It's a community college. And Michigan State University would give, or maybe it was University of Michigan, would give old copies of some of their uh, uh, library purchases up to the community college. So when I got into marketing, I found an old copy. It was maybe like a two or three-year-old copy of the SRDS, which is the go-to catalog to find advertising opportunities. So if you were like, let's say you were marketing and selling something back in the 90s and early 2000s, before the internet had all these places to advertise, you would say, ooh, I want to go talk to this type of person. I want to go talk to um, electricians. So you would go grab a copy of the SRDS, which was wildly expensive. Um, I I guess I don't know what the price was. Maybe maybe it was only a thousand bucks, but for me at the time, that was wildly expensive. And you would have a copy of this... uh, catalog and you'd go and you'd look up the the like the job title electrician and you would find all of the advert or all of the uh, uh trade journals and periodicals that electricians read and the person to contact and i think even their phone number to call at you know a, a certain publication to inquire about space ads hmm. all possible advertising opportunities at that time were in that book Today, I mean, we could we could have a whole episode where we just said words out loud of places to advertise, right? We could do 30 minutes of that and not even exhaust it. It used to be one place, and now it's everywhere. On Google alone, you've got Google Search, Google Display, then you've got Google Performance Max. You've got YouTube, right? I mean, maybe it's Google Display, but you have so many different places, and everything is. it feels like it's changing. And what's working today for... Uh, certain advertising uh, advertisements like is UGC working well? Is it a direct call to offer? Is it a high value to a low value ladder, or is it a low value to a high value ladder? Um, what kind of copies working? What kind of copies approved by each of the platforms? Facebook doesn't let you use certain language, but Google does. I mean, it's so complex. Mm-hmm. I just don't envision a future where it simplifies. So I think, based on that that it's going to be harder to be successful with advertising in the future. So in order to have the upper hand, in order for your business to be successful, if you're a business owner, is you need a CMO. And the question ultimately becomes a question of need and cost. Do you need a full-time chief marketing officer? Your business might. And also, you might not need a full-time CMO. You might need a fractional CMO who's only working maybe kind of the equivalent of a day or two days a week. And then you take the rest of the cash that you would otherwise spend on a full-time 
and you could put that into your advertisements. What would it be like to have an extra $100,000 a year in your ad budget instead of paying a full-time CMO that? So I just, I just see this happening. I see it happening in the CFO space. I've got a good buddy who runs a fractional CFO business where he has US-based fractional CFOs. And then they have an army of bookkeepers offshore. And those bookkeepers are doing all of the labor. And then the CFO just comes in for the high level. I think we're going to see more and more of that kind of structure where strategy is going to be entrusted with fractional leaders, and then labor can be done by kind of whoever is qualified to do the labor. Maybe that's in-house, maybe that's offshore. It kind of doesn't really matter, I think, in in most situations. So so I agree with you that uh, on that, John, I think that this is going to persist for for quite a long time, um, and it allows the... uh, the the CMO to stay valuable and interested and like available for creating big change in businesses. So I think it's pretty exciting. Um, yeah. Okay. So John, your voice is a voice that people might hear if they call in um, and, and chat with us at CMOX. So the process that we have right now is if someone is interested in having us help them become a fractional CMO, the first thing that we do is we've got a couple ladies on the front end that field the initial calls just to make sure that um, we're able to help anybody. And then what happens after, uh, let's say someone listened to this podcast episode, reaches out to our team and has that initial 15-minute call, and they're a good fit uh, to mm-hmm. keep going in the conversation. What happens from there? Uh, well, if if they, they feel that you know the person is a good fit, then they'll um, booking an hour slot with me. We'll start by really understanding where they want their business to go because we 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 need to understand exactly what a good result for them is in the short term. Okay, I often say short term goal right now that would be you know three months from now, uh, so Q one next year, and then also have an, an eye on this time next year for longer term goal. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss their business growth, their business goals, and then really after that. I'll just give them the chance to ask them exactly about what it looks like to work with us. Um, and I'll let them know, you know, how we help them, how, you know, we'll be meeting with them weekly. Um, and the only other fractional CMOs and we just get into the details of exactly what our coaching looks like. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, the process here is, is it, the, what I love about, um, what our fractional CMOs do, and I think just our process in general, is our fractional CMOs can't help every business. It's true. We all have a core belief that with the right business, with the right structure, with the right capitalization, a company can do incredibly well with a fractional CMO. So it makes sense that a fractional CMO, once they find that company, are a perfect fit and it's an easy yes. It's not even really a sale. In the same way, when we support businesses that want to be, excuse me, uh, marketers that want to be fractional CMOs, it's, do we have what it takes to support them? And are they ready to really um, put their head down and get to work and do what it takes to be successful? And if the answer to that is yes, then we'll share how that can work um, and how we can help you add $10,000, $20,000, $40,000 a month or more in recurring business as a fractional CMO. Um, our most successful folks are built their businesses to a half million dollars a year as a fractional CMO. And what I think is so special about that, 
is if you look at an agency, there's great courses and training and you know people that can help you if you want to build a marketing agency. But if you build a million-dollar agency, your EBITDA, your profit on that business, I don't know. If you're, if you're not the operator and someone else is doing all the operations, you might be able to pull out 30% on that. Right? But you're still going to be working pretty full-time with a lot of uh, demand on your shoulders in case someone calls in sick or whatever. The thing about being a fractional CMO is you can make a incredible income, build a half million dollar year or more fractional CMO practice, and have your EBITDA be nearly as high as your revenue. Right, Your profitability is, is really high as a fractional CMO. You might have an assistant at some point just to kind of keep your days a little bit easier. But generally speaking, I can't, I just can't think of any title or role where a marketer can have so much um, uh, authority and control and generate the take-home, put-it-in-your-pocket money that you can do as a fractional CMO. I don't think an agency provides that. I don't think working full-time generally provides that, and especially when, when our uh, fractional CMOs are working like 25, 30, 35 hours a week. So if you're thinking about becoming a fractional CMO, we might be able to help. We also might not be able to help, but it certainly is no pressure. You can hear from John here. Um, he has a deep understanding of of who's a good fit and who we can help. And if it if you want to have a conversation with him, just go ahead and book a call with our team at cmox.co forward slash call. And uh, you'll chat with some folks on our team first. And if they think that uh, it makes sense to talk to John, then you'll be uh, booked on a call with John and you'll be able to ask any questions you want about what we got going on. And John will uh, ask you a couple questions and you guys will get to a mutual agreement if it makes sense for us to work together. It's like super low pressure. Uh, we're looking for people that we can really help that we can make, uh, uh, you know, jump up a tax bracket or two um, from their income. So John, thanks for jumping on, man. And thanks for fielding all these calls. Uh, I love what you're learning and your ability to help people. I just think uh, it's so fun to watch you grow and um, watch you help so many people make a bunch of money. Yeah, my pleasure. It's, it's been fun. All right, man. Take care. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information and episodes, visit our site at fractionalcmoshow.com. Go ahead and punch that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot, at least to my mom. 